I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, my name's Chris Paul and I am the CEO and founder of Man on Inverclyde, a mental health charity based in Greenock in the west of Scotland. And we're bringing you this message today to raise awareness of mental health and raise awareness of our charity and how we can maybe support you, your friends or your loved ones if you need it. Now, we started off as a suicide prevention charity and we're continuing that mission. We want to break the stigma attached to mental health. We want to break the stigma attached to men's mental health and I know that a lot of men will be listening to this podcast so please get in touch with us via Mano and Inverclyde on social media and um, you'll find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. If you're not on social media and you want to get in touch with us via email just type in support at manoninverclyde.com our landline here is 01475 So yeah, get in touch with us if you're struggling with your own mental health or you're concerned about a friend or a family member. One of our staff members are volunteers here to support you. Thanks for listening. Nine days to go, boys. Nine days to go. It's been a long, long season, a long, long pre-season. Uh, didn't think the pre-season could be longer than what last season was, but we're nearly there. Can almost taste it. And after two victories uh, to West Ham and Blackpool, along with plenty of signings, there's so much to cover tonight. My name's Colin McDuff, and I've got a stellar lineup to run through the all the Rangers news. Joining us back to summer holidays for the first time, Chris Paul. How you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I've been a wee bit of a break for I was uh, last on. Um, I've not actually been on for um, Seville yet, so still a bit raw for that. I suppose I've not spoken about it too much, but 
Hi, all good, mate. I'm looking forward to everything kicking off. Obviously, next week and going back to Ibrox at the weekend. Good, and then I say it's the first time back, but the first time back in the weekly show, you've actually already had a, a wee stint back pod in this summer with your son. Aye, we done the, the one for the Masters um, tournament at, at Brayhead, um, so that was quite good doing it with Zach, enjoyed that. The wee man's a Aye, aye, he was, he was good to be fair, um, passionate about his football, so I think that kind of came across I suppose, but no, I enjoyed it. Brilliant, good to hear. Also joining us, um, the Gallant Fuse favourite storyteller, David Pollock, how are you David? I'm smashing, boys. <laughs> I have to think of a story. You know, you've put me on the spot. No, eh, good, good say. I mean, exciting times for us. We've got a uh, line-up, a few changes. Now. I think there's a danger that uh, the first game and first league match will be uh, Livingston versus Glasgow Strangers because we've got uh, so many new faces. Glasgow Strangers, there we go. You, you had that one written down, didn't you? You've used that one before. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, joining us for abroad, David Tomlinson. How are you doing, David? Yeah, great, thanks. Join it. There's football again to watch, and we're not talking about other stupid wee things. We're getting down to the big, the big meat of the matter now, getting into the, the start of the season. Well, first of all, Spurs on Saturday, and then uh, getting into the, the real games. That's really looking forward to that. I know, I know, and um, it's it's for the for a football fan we are the friendlies. It's never, it's never quite. I'm the first one to knock a friendly, but it, when we get to it, it's, it's just better than nothing. Into Davy, it's um, it's just gets the action to really get going. Yeah, well, it's um, yeah. It's like sort of a playing football with, with your slippers on, isn't it? Really, it's uh, it's it's sort of like you get the slippers and pipe out and watching the game, but it's no you've no get the same. Yeah, come on, get into them. Sort of a as a Rangers supporter, you always obviously want to win. And when when I it was actually quite funny, I was looking through some of the comments from West Ham supporters, and it was it was actually quite funny reading. One of the, one of them says. This will be a massive game for Rangers and a kickabout for us, which I, which I thought was really really good. <laughs> but uh, West Ham supporters, they just seem to. I mean, the same. They think of Scotland's a backwater and we can't do anything. But um, I think we showed them that, uh, that that we can play. And I, w- I was just watching just before, actually, half an hour before we came in here. I was listening to a, a West Ham uh, podder. And he was saying the speed of Rangers. He says I couldn't believe the speed of them, and that's that's one thing that I think showed up. Definitely. Um, so we're getting right into the West Ham game. Before we do, um, just a hello to all the listeners. Who's thank you to everybody who's joining the live stream tonight. Usual suspects like Chick and RFC Fifty Six already on bright and early. They've got their questions in already. So for everybody watching, get your questions in. We'll cover them all through the night. Um, appreciate you coming on as always. But Chris, I'll let you kick off first, David. I alluded to it there. The Rangers hammered the hammers. Um, how did you enjoy Tuesday night? 
Ah, you're really good. Um, particularly that spell in, in the second half. Um, I thought we absolutely blew them away. And, you know, pre-season's one of those ones where, I mean, we beat Real Madrid in pre-season last year, who went on to win the Champions League. Um, but when you think about it, we've done all right in Europe as well. So I suppose it was um, a decent barometer. But for, for me, I, I kind of just look at pre-season games as trying to get, you know, the, the, the new players out, try and get people fit. Um, and for a chance for the, the fans to get back in after um, not being in for a bit. But certainly when you, I mean, at, at one point we, we, we blew West Ham away um, in, in the, that second half. And I think you could even see some of the, um, you know, the, the antics for the, the coaching st- staff at West Ham. They weren't happy, with, um, weren't happy with their level of performance. So uh, you, you don't put too much into that. Obviously we go in and it's a competitive stuff we're looking for. Um, but it was it was good to see, and I, I must think you know in terms of uh, the, the right winger, the boy Matondo. Um, I don't think we've, we've had a natural um, right winger at the club that you could think could maybe stake a claim for probably Candias. Um, I think we've maybe tried different ones here and there, um, but that boy looks brilliant, and if he can unlock. You know things for Tao even more um, than than unreal. But I was I was quite happy with, with how the new players um, performed, um, and I good to good to get the result. Um, sloppy goal we concede. I still think maybe it was a handball, but I overall happy with the happy with the run out, happy with the result. And again, as I said at the start, I'm I'm obviously going to the game on in, in Saturday, um, the Spurs game, and, and looking forward to looking forward to seeing Spurs as well. But I'm happy with Angels run out and I started the preseason started preseason well after what was probably a not an ideal um preparation when the, the floodlights went out in Sunderland, you're thinking, you know, that in, in the Portugal game for Sunderland. Um you're thinking no ideal preparation, but the players look to have bounced back for that. Um and I'm happy with the happy with the legs. David Bork, um just mentioned there, the, a few points I want to cover off with the, the West Ham game. Um, Rabi Matondo, um, well, we'll cover off a new signings each, but I think I'm going to ask you about this because we've spoken about Scott Wright um, at length in this pod. Um, and I think I think you're maybe the same as me. I, I think you actually put the, the words, um, I think you put, put it beautifully. If Scott, Scott Wright's got all the ability, but if he had the had the swagger of Scott Arfield, he'd be the next level up. I think we've seen the difference for what we have to what we need in the first and second half. First half, Scott Wright, very industrious. Um, it wasn't for lack of effort. And he was getting himself into good positions, getting caught up in the play. But it's just that final delivery, that cutting edge. Then Rabbi Matondo come on straight away. He cuts back for an assist. He gets a goal as well. That's just a, that's a step up that we were needing. It's just a just a different level of player. I think I think we've just moved up a couple of notches from Scott Wright to Matondo. You can see this boy's technically very good. He's also got blistering pace, which was uh, so exciting to see because, as, as Chris has said, it's a while since you know we had a a right winger that goes out there and hurts people. I think if we even Matondo in the right and Kent in the left, you know we've got a uh, we should have got some serious ammunition, you know. Or to be the Rangers centre forward because I think these boys will, will be setting us up because too often last year I think Kent was seen as the main threat particularly in Europe and, and you saw what, what Frankfurt did to him in the final they just uh, blocked him out but I think uh, obviously fighting in a number of fronts gives us a, a much better chance it was really exciting to see the the new players coming in 
against West Ham, you know, who who are a decent side, you know, they're top of the English Premier League. So we're not playing against Diddy's here. But <clears throat> it was a it, but it, it's a pre season friendly and we should see it in that light. So but certainly exciting times, you know, that the, the additions that Rangers have made have given us options all over the pitch. I would perhaps maybe like to see a, a, an additional, you know, goal scoring, goal scoring threat, you know, because if, depending on how long Alfie's out, but certainly uh, McCholak, he was. Uh, the boys should be able to supply him plenty chances. I'm hoping that we're going to convert far more than we did last season. Blow this mob away. David Tomlinson, just on Cholak, um, and uh, I pray that um, I'm pronouncing it right. I was getting pebbles in the comments last week um, for hanging up in five different ways. Um, but on Cholak, um, I thought he, well, we didn't get his goal. I thought he put in an absolute shift. And uh, I do remember from Almo last year that his movement off the ball was very clever and he looked. Um, you know, he looked like he'd had the old clever run here and there. I was I was a bit taken aback on Tuesday night to see how much distance he covers pressing, leading the charge. Um, he covered every blade of grass in the West Ham half. And that's something that we've not had with Morelos last year. Yeah, that, that's a, a big thing. I mean, the goal, I think it was the first goal. I don't think it would have stood if, uh, if Cholak hadn't pulled away defenders. That, that's uh, that's uh, the, the the good thing about him. I mean, it's great a centre scoring, and the goal he scored was it against Blackpool. He scored the goal. Um, uh, it was that was absolutely a, a good goal. It was just a for, unfortunate that he was uh, about a yard offside. I think he was offside, but uh, he finished. His finish was very neat and very controlled. Um, but a, a lot of a lot of the centre forwards play is creating room for other people as well and hopefully Kent can live off that because we've seen Kent now getting in at the back post which I've been sort of a crying out for for Kent to get in at the back post and to, to get uh, instead of staying I was stuck away out in the minor remember John McDonald the, the, used to do that as well I mean Rangers were on the attack and everybody's sort of looking for John McDonald to be stuck away out in the wing well, that's, that's the sort of a way I was thinking Ryan Kent was going as well and uh, I was really happy to see him getting into the back post. And the vision of uh, Tom Lawrence is, was absolutely brilliant. And I really think he changed the game when he came on, just with his vision alone. Chris, just on Tom Lawrence as well. So Lawrence, Matondo and, and Ken um, behind the striker, I think they, it, it's going to be a joy to watch this year. Um, one of the viewers, Jack Sharp, has said about... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> It's a bit different. We're passing quicker, and I, I did notice that on Tuesday. We're passing first time. We're more direct. How often did we see last year? We we break away, get into the opposition half, get to the eighteen yard line, and then just pass it to left to right. There was none of that in that first fifty minutes of the second half. No, definitely not. And I think you, you know, obviously we've still got um, the boy from Bayern as well, Tillman, to to bring into the the mix as well. And for what I've saw. Not much, but on YouTube, um, certainly it looks like he can um, go in behind, um, just behind the striker and, and maybe advance forward as well with the passing. So aye, there's, there's options there, um, which I think we were, we were lacking at points last season. Um, I think that's clear that, that, that we've, we've upgraded there. I think Gio and, and the team have clearly noticed where that's been required. 
Tom Lawrence, um, obviously to get him. I think I, I didn't. I don't watch a lot of English Championship football. I must have, must admit the odd wee game I'll, I'll watch, but um, to, to get him, I suppose is a is a bit of a coup because he was a, a derby captain, you know, and a few teams were were looking for him. But I think he he'll look apart as, as Davis says and touched on. Um, some of his passing and his movement was was great. I think he get quite uh, lucky with the assist right enough for um, Matondo, but I will, will not penalise him for that. But uh, it looks looks good. Um, and hopefully he's can a wee bit early to life, you know, in terms of getting sort of played in behind as well. So I I think it's it seems more creative than than maybe had as you say, Colin. It sometimes was a wee bit sort of pedestrian, left to right fitler, um, and, and not getting anywhere. But these new guys have come in, they've looked apart. On on Cholak, I think it would just take a wee bit of time for him to get up to speed. Um, certainly if um, John Lundstrom's pre-season and start to his Rangers career teaches is absolutely in as a support is to be patient um, with players and, and not judging them too soon That's um, a hard reality like, I know I know it's fine and, and to an extent I don't think Bassey was ever ruled out with the support but if you said you know maybe August last year that Bassey was going to go for the amount that he went for and Lindstrom would have been probably most fans' favourites at the end of the season. Um, you would have laughed at um, if you were saying that coming away from games. So it's just about being patient. Um, but I think the signings, it's you know they've, they've clearly hit the ground running. Um, a lot of them, and aye, it's it's looking good. I think we'll be seeing lots of goals in the team this year, and probably as well coming from various angles, which I think is really important. I know people are touching on that we need another number nine, but if you can start to get goals from midfield, um, then then that's massive. And, and I think it's needed for his next season, definitely. David, I was lucky enough to be in the, in the press box on Tuesday night with Follow Follow. I'm just named dropping here because I got to ask the Rangers manager a question. I was fucking shy myself. I was trembling like a wee lassie. Uh, Hello, Gio. Um, but basically... Um, there's a reason to money up in here. Uh, in the post match, I asked um, Van Bronckhorst about the team playing out for the back, and it looked to be like a marked difference for last year. Um, I think at times we overplayed it a wee bit. Um, I think John McLaughlin was setting away if he doing keep ups on his line at times. But Gio did allude to that. That's part of that's part of the game plan potentially um, for certain games, uh, moving the ball quickly from the back um, and. It, different areas out wide in the midfield and I thought John McLaughlin along with the centre half moved the ball really well and they looked really comfortable uh, coming out to the back I think it's important to have a number of strings to your bow because you know McLaughlin is, is as good as I think we've had recently in terms of with the ball at his feet he is very good and as you said maybe uh, just a wee bit overconfident at times but I think you know between Golds and Suter you know certainly who can who can ping a pass we have the option, you know, of, of, of people, teams who will press you, then we can, you know, we can go along, or we've got the technical ability, you know, to pass our way through them. Rangers' three goals the other night were uh, absolutely superb. I, th- I think particularly the first one, you know, where it came from Sands, who's almost like a yard from the from the byline, and then in, a, in six or seven passes, we're up the other end and pop the ball in the net. It was uh, it was a joy to see. So I'm hoping that we should we should be able to cover both bases in terms of play from the back or go long when, when the opportunity presents itself. You know, a big corner can land in a sixpence from 60 yards and, and Suter's the same. He can do it. So hopefully we, 
with that variation, you know, we, we don't end up too predictable. You know, everyone knows what we're going to do. So it's, uh, it looks good. It's looking good, you know. And Ben Davis, you know, is also, you know, in terms of the, the ball at his feet, very technically competent. So uh, <clears throat> we have we should have a number of options in, in, in terms of uh, how we, who we're up against. I think Gio is very much the man who will get the formation and, and select the players depending on who we are playing. You, you know, we've seen him do that. So I think that will be, continue to be the case. So... Oh, Can I say something good. there, Colin? Um, I think one of the things that you noticed, if you noticed from the first half to the second half, was that in the first half there was an awful lot of balls going between Suter and Goldson. They just kept, and I, I, I take it, I think that that was probably because the movement in the midfield and the and uh, up front, they couldn't get rid of the ball. They couldn't get the ball to anybody, and that sort of changed in the second half. When Sands came on, he moved the ball far quicker as well. Like his, his pass to uh, Lawrence in the middle of the, the field was a was just a peach of a pass, and for for the second goal, and I think that 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 sort of a made a big difference. If you can't get rid of the ball to somebody up front, then you've you've no other option than to pass it sideways. And I think that's what happened an awful lot in the first half. The 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 they couldn't get rid of the ball into the midfield or up front. Just on James Sands, David, um, there's a question in the comments from David Hurt, um, friend of the pod, David Hurt, um, again, named up in here, he brought out um, about the Rangers players of yesteryear, so if nobody's checked that out, look at the interview with him, um, and he's got another book coming out uh, this time next year. Um, I'm sure that's not why he's came on the pod, he's actually wanting to know a bit about James Sands. David, David, David Hale's asking if um, do we see James Sands getting much of a run this season? Um, obviously, I think it's looking unlikely he'll get a run in midfield, but I think there's a place for him um, and maybe a back three. I think regardless of their thoughts, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst certainly rates him. Um, but I think we, for what we've seen on Saturday and Tuesday, I, I don't think Sands looks at a place, personally. I thought he was excellent. I thought he was... Uh... Probably one of the better players when he came on, and he, he, well, as I say, he, he moved the ball forward far more than Suter did. But as I say, that could be because of the midfield. You can't, I can't really judge in that. But um, I, I thought he was excellent. And you said, you say that he's, there's no place for him in midfield, but I, I don't see why he couldn't fit into the midfield either. Um, I mean, I, I, did Lundstrom do anything that that was that magic and and Tuesday that uh, we could say that Sands couldn't have played Lundstrom's position? I really think I really think he could slot in there quite easily. Whether I mean there, there's nobody going to get Goldson out of that team because uh, that was that's the best signing we've had this summer. I think is was getting Goldson to to renew his contract. That was a fantastic bit of work uh, by by the Rangers uh, by Ross Wilson. Um, but uh, no, I think Sands has got a a, a good whether whether obviously they've got to decide whether they that he's got another year. I think is it on loan, right. and uh, and then they can decide whether they want to buy him or not. Obviously, yeah, if if they're going to keep him, then I would they'll, they'll obviously need to offer him before the before the year's up because if I if I would eighteen months in loan at the, the end of eighteen months, I would be thinking, no, oh, you've had your chance, but. That's that's uh, that's the way. That's just the way I think, and not the way he probably thinks. 
But um, no, we'll need to see. But I, I definitely think there's a place for him in the back at times, and definitely in the midfield for I, I can't see why he can't play Lundstrom's position. And I, I wonder, I wonder if he can play left back. I've never, uh, I've never seen him playing left back, but that's also an option possibly for him as well because that pass from and into Lawrence it came from the left back position, didn't it? Chris, what's your thoughts? For me, um, Sands and, and Lundstrom should never be mentioned in the same sentence again, I don't think. Um, I think that Lundstrom is by far um, a better football player than, than, than Sands. Um, I, I just don't... I, I, I don't narrate him, if you get what I mean. I'm, I'm not too fussed if he's in the squad. Um, you know, But I, I cannot see him being able to do it. That job that Lundstrom does, um, don't underestimate that in terms of... Um, you know what what he brings because that that's quite a kind of niche thing that he's able to do and drop in there when it suits in terms of dropping back into the defence and and knowing when to do that um, and Lundstrom was absolutely massive for us to get um, to to Seville in terms of his performances. Now, I'm not saying that Sands couldn't drop in and 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 do a role, but certainly not expense for me. One of the first names in the team sheet. Um, would be would be Lundstrom moving forward for plenty of reasons, but he just totally makes that tactic that Gio has work. Um, and I'm I'm not sure it's it's a it's a role that Sands would fit. Again, I'm not sure, but I'm yet to be massively convinced about Sands. Um, he is he is flexible, versatile, can play in different positions, which is great. Um, but certainly, I'd love to see his gay opportunities. Um, to the likes of McCann and, and some of our, our own younger players that we're bringing through, um, rather than, than Sands, just just for me personally. But um, as I say, his versatility does help. But certainly for me, um, Sands and uh, Lundstrom are uh, light years apart. Chris Lundstrom's not going to be able to play 60 games a season. So somebody's, no, got, to, somebody's got to come in there somewhere, you know. And can Ryan Jack play, play the position that Lundstrom plays? That's another question then. Well, I think we've got a lot for me. We've got Lundstrom is going to be the first pick in that position, but we've got Jack Kamara Davis, who can all sit in the kind of anchor in midfield. Um, and that's before you even look at Charlie McCann. So I think between those three, those four I've just mentioned, um, uh, I think we've got the cover there. And Barring Europe, more often than not, in the, in the domestic games, we're, we're not going to need Lundstrom and Jack or Jack and Kamara both sitting. Um, so I, I think while he can do a job there, I do think um, for what I've seen in Sands, I like him at centre-back. Um, I like him if we're going to be playing a back three, then we always need somebody who, well, we need at least a couple of players who's comfortable coming out with the ball in the back. And I think he showed that range of passing and he's I and I don't think we've got maybe Bar Hillander. We've not got many mobility issues in, in our defenders, but he is quite quick. Um, and I think alongside somebody who reads the game well, I, I think there's definitely a place for him. Sticking with the defence, David Paul, I'm going to come to you, just moving to the left hand side. I think I don't want to jinx it, right? Because we need to caveat everything we say. We this was just pre season friendlies, but is it? the rebirth of Borna Barisic for the 15th time as the old Borna back? Uh, well, let's pray to all things holy he is because uh, we we want that Borna to show up because uh, as we know there's two Bornas so we just have to keep him uh, in a positive frame of mind <clears throat> you know and I think he's when he feels confident 
then he plays better. I think it's when the wee question mark is in his head that he starts to go into his shell, and and that and his his performances suffer as a result of that. We know. I think Tav just has to pat him in the back from time to time, saying you're doing great, Borne. Keep it up, keep it up. So, but you can see that when when things go wrong for Borne, he's kind of his head drops and he uh, doesn't want the boy anymore. You know, I don't, I want out of here. So you just as long as we just uh, if he's playing in a good team. Then you know there's no reason why Borna can't have a cracking season. He's uh, he's he's technically very good. Borna, all his problems are in his head. It's uh, just believing it. <clears throat> that from time to time, taking the knocks, getting over it. I think he uh, tortures himself as much as anything. But in terms of the central defenders, Rangers have an embarrassment of riches. I think we've got a, a central defence combination for for all occasions because. We know with time we factor in Ben Davis, you know who's a left-sided central defender, but but has also played left back. So there's there's maybe cover in, with Ben Davis, and if the the Turkish boy doesn't uh, come to pass, so Rangers should have an. With we, we Sands, I thought Sands was excellent the other night. I really do in terms of his, uh, you know, reading of the game and passing. He's a. Uh, but the problem I think Sands suffers from is that. He's pretty much seen as the the jack of all trades and the master of none. There's no one position which he is, you know, known for, and and that's the the position he's fighting to 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 get into the team in. So there's the danger that he's, he'll just be overlooked because we have mm-hmm. some serious uh, selection options here for Gio, uh, and and the the, the starting eleven in any particular week is hopefully will we'll change. You'll obviously will find combinations that which work better than others, but. We're going to uh, find that out during the next few months. But it's a good position to be in. I mean, when you just list the, the central defenders that we have, you know, by the time you get down the list of seven and eight, when we're, we're looking at Cattage and Simpson, I think Ross Wilson's got a job just to get some of them out. You know, those, some couple of those boys will never touch the ball this season. But as well, I'm just moving them now, isn't it? So, uh, but hopefully, you know, we've got... We've got a massive game coming up. You know, the game against the Belgian guys is uh, absolutely huge. It's uh, and it's just a shame it comes so early, but uh, that's where we should be directing our fire. All roads lead to Belgium for this game, and and that between that qualifying tie, hopefully the next qualifying tie, we will be uh, we will hit the jackpot. I mean, it's uh, and that that leads us on to you know to signings for next season and and the whole thing snowballing, and that's. So it's, this game for me is absolutely huge. It's huge. It will be a shattering blow if we don't pull this off. I, th- I think we're a lot fitter than we were last year at this time, though. I think that um, Stevie underestimated the, 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 the fitness of Malmo, and I think that that, that really put us in, in dire straits. I don't think we had a chance last year against Malmo, really, because of, just because of fitness. And if you look at what happened after it, seemingly uh, Gerard was hardly up in Glasgow to, to train the, the team. It was to, it was other coaches that were training the team. I mean, I think that, that Gerard had sort of packed it in then already. I think he probably knew he was he was going to be going after a few months. So that's uh, I think we're far far fitter and far ready than we were last year. And I think you've seen that in Tuesday night off the ball. Um, I think West Ham like. They they played well at times. Um, they moved the ball quickly, and Rangers leading the press, Davy. Um, that's 
I they, they looked sharp and I think you need to give credit where credit's due. A lot of these players were doing their own training regime. Like the big one is James Tavenier. Um, he like and sorry, just taking a couple of days break and then went straight to Dubai. So I, I think I agree with you there that we are looking sharper than we did this time last year. Yeah, well, yeah, certainly Montando, he, he looked really sharp and I had to laugh at the, the number eight. Is it Bowen, I think you called him, from uh, West Ham? Trying try, try to catch him <laughs> and he was sort of a, looking at his face going, somebody help me, somebody help me. But um, no, we, we, we definitely do look sharper. If you look, the, the, the passing's far crisper, the... And but even if you look at the first half to the second half, the 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 difference was uh, as we say we're right. He's a, he's sometimes a good player and he can sometimes waltz past people, but it it wasn't it wasn't the same class as Lawrence was when he came in. Definitely not. And I think hopefully that's that's going to be. Uh, I always say it takes one. It only takes one man to 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 join a team together. Whether one man can't make a team, but one man can make the teams join together that, that it becomes a team so let's talk some signings then Chris we'll come to you first uh, plenty of new additions to talk about coming in um, before we do let's just get the heartache out of the way um, RSC 56 did get this in before the recording uh, big bats in the way so what's your thoughts on the move and did we get enough of them um, personally, I'm gutted to be honest that he's that he's away. Um, I think he's he's going to be an absolute cracker um, for for Ajax and probably get another another move in him um, after them. I would imagine, uh, especially. I mean, at that sort of six seven month period, uh, they kicked on unbelievable. Um, you know the the, the journeys in the. Um, performances in the Europa, the Europa League will, will always remain with us. I suppose him and um, Lundstrom going doing in, in history for some of the stuff that the, the the sort of attacking nature of of what he can do, but also how quick he can recover. Um, and either left back or centre back, the strength of him, the big smile, you know, the character, absolutely everything about Calvin Bassey. I loved, um, and I'm I'm absolutely gutted to be honest that that he's away. Um, I'm not in the camp of people delighted that we've brought in money. I'm in the camp that we've lost a cracking player that I was looking forward to seeing next year. But don't get me wrong, I'm very realistic that we need finances like any other team um, in Scotland obviously needs to be bringing in money. And it's good that we've that we've managed to bring a, a player in for, you know, a compensation fee, you know, nurtured them to the point where we've put him on a spotlight and he's he's went to, you know, Ajax, a huge name in, in European football. So um, I'm a wee bit, I'm a wee bit disappointed. He's 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 left in terms of you know going to maybe the the Eredivisie, which isn't always the. I mean, it's probably a stronger league than than, than Scotland, probably. But uh, ah, yeah, it would have been nice to see him. Um, maybe go to England. I watch English football a wee bit more in terms of the Premier League. But for me, it's a great move for him, um, and I'm I'm happy for him. Don't get me wrong. I was watching the video on Instagram where he was uh, going around the looked if he was going around the canteen, meeting all the players, and I was just kind of hoping that they, they treated him well, you know. Um, I didn't want him getting um, snubbed off anybody, but uh, he's, he's a great player and he's got tons of potential. I think when you when you grow to the length that he has in that short period of time, you know he's got levels to go through. 
and, and what a club to, to go in there, you know. So, I good luck to him. Um, personally, for me, um, I felt I don't know what's went on behind the scenes in terms of the deal. Um, but it would have been nice if, if there was a bidding war potentially, which was getting touted, if we could maybe have held out for a wee bit more, because I definitely think it would, it would have been worth it. Um, but it's good money for the club, um, and you've got to trust that process. It, it was actually quite funny, Colin, when he get introduced to the, the Dutch public on, on television. There's a, a comedy show, uh, Bassie and Adrian, it's called. and it's, it's Bassie's actually a clown in it. And they got him, they got Bassey to say the the beginning, they start the show with hello girls and boys in Dutch or something like that. So they got uh, Bassey to say this hello girls and boys in Dutch to, to start the, the his press conference. So it was quite funny that way as well. No, Phil, you need to get that, get that link sent so we can all see that. Um, I think RFC 56, um, I think we, he said these same comments last week. Um, I'm, I'm the same. I, I think the 25 million should have been the conversation starting point. Um, but again, that's coming for, that's coming for a chair in my kitchen, in my kitchen, in my kitchen, in fucking Rutherland. I don't know what goes on behind the scenes with the clubs like Ajax and Rangers. Um, well, my level, there might be a good reason for it, but it feels like we should have started there. But Davey, sitting with you, the money we did get in, um, the club's already started reinvesting that, so we touched on them there. Ben Davies, um, four million, well, three million, leading up to four million once the add-ons um, are hit. Um, I think for what I'm seeing, predominantly a centre half who has played a left back in the past, but I think he's signed as a centre half. Um, with that money, I think he's signed to go in straight to start alongside Connor Goldson. Yeah, well, what did we sign Suter for? <laughs> that's then is Suter just to make up numbers. That's a that's a big. Who's going to get the get the the role? And um, yeah, and Sands is going to throw his hat in there as well in this this start. So I don't know. I think he's got to fight for his place the same as everybody else. Obviously, they're not paying four million just to not to give him a chance. But um, I mean, although we we. we Paid quite good money for Sakala as well, I believe. I uh, don't think it was far short of four million as well. It was two to three million or something like that, wasn't it? Um, so I, I, I think that he's got to fight for his place the same as everybody else. From what I've heard, I haven't really seen him, so I, I don't know. And I know Celtic were interested in him two years ago when when Liverpool got him. Throw my telephone away. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, for the listeners, um, I know what's happened there. That's uh, you, you <laughs> may have seen that David Pollock has dropped off. So that's David Pollock just texting our group chat saying his internet has crashed. Um, and uh, so that's what you hear coming through David Tomlinson's phone. <laughs> All the news straight away here. Right, hop, hop from the press. <laughs> uh, you don't get this shite in heart and hand, do you? <laughs> uh, um, so... I haven't seen him. I know Celtic were interested. I believe we were interested in him at one point uh, two years ago as well. Uh, and then Liverpool stepped in and, and took him. Whether Liverpool were really wanting him or not, I don't know. Maybe it was just a, a shot in the dark from them. But um, I mean, I don't think I think he had much chance of getting into the Liverpool team at that time. But um, no, hopefully, no. hopefully he does well and... Uh, We'll, we'll see. Well, but he'll need to fight for his position the same as everybody else. I think we with Davis we with Liverpool they, they had a bit of a defensive crisis. I think when they signed him, um, I think Van Dijk was Van Dijk was injured for 
the season he done his cruciate, I think, um, and a couple of other players were injured or going to the African Cup of Nations, maybe, um, or going to AFCON potentially. Um, so there was a few, I think there was a bit of a crisis, and I think they just brought him in. Um, I don't even think he ever played um, for, for, for Liverpool, but certainly for, for me, um, he's got a left-sided you know, appeal to going next to Goldson, which gives us that um, sort of eye balance, if you like, in terms of at the back. I, I don't know anything else about him other than obviously Celtic um, tried to tried to sign him um, and one of the Celtic fans had actually done a good bit of um, digging into like, stats and reports for him, which was very, very nice of them and well received when I was reading that on Twitter um, last uh, well, when he signed. And I, I suppose it's, it, it looks quite well, it's, it looks good, he's going to be big, strong, powerful, can play a wee bit at the, the, the ball at his feet. So I will we'll see how, how he goes and you're quite right, Davey, in terms of wondering where um, Suter links in with that. Um, uh, I would imagine um, he's, he'll be a good backup there, but certainly I, I can't see him um, ousting either of those two um, at, the, at the starting slots. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You're on mute, Colin. <laughs> so what I was saying, just um, that this is a problem with the, the live pods. Actually, um, how many times did did one of us fuck up when we were recording in Skype over the last year? And it's fine. Ah, it's fine. I'll edit that out. I'll edit that out. There's me spending forty minutes after recording. Can't get that anymore. But anyway, we digress. Stick with you, Chris. Um, before we'll come to daily box thoughts. Um, Malik Tillman obviously signed since we last recorded as well. Um, when we were talking about midfield options, I know it's um, he's maybe going to go into the same bracket as Tom Lawrence um, in terms of playing a bit further forward and maybe with Ty Kamara and the further forward role in the first half against West Ham. For me, I don't... I, I liked Kamara there. Um, as I, I don't see him playing there too often under G um, as much as I like to see it. So Malik Tillman, as much as we've not seen too much of him, I think the pedigree and the, this type of signing, uh, I'm really excited about it. Uh, yeah, I'm the same. This is the one that, that for me, when, when it kind of came out the blue, it was like a kind of link in the morning that was signed um, later on that day. Um, and again, I, I don't know an awful lot about him, um, but, but certainly... Um, having the pedigree of playing at Bayern, linking him with the players there, watched some of his clips. Um, I, I felt that was what was missing um, for your team. Sometimes somebody that was going to be sort of brave, go beyond with the ball, 
um, go beyond the strikers um, and, and get his goals. So, I, I think he certainly looks apart. I'm, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to seeing him in. Um, similar to Matondo, when you think, when you hear Schalke, you know you hear it's a it's, it's a good pedigree that you're signing players from. Um, long gone are the days that um, we're, we're signing players from you know places that you've never heard of. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing that boy actually, um, and I would imagine. Um, it's, it certainly looks like I know some things we think about who is it signing the players you know who's identifying the players but that this one certainly feels like a Gio Roy Mackay signing um, so looking forward to, to seeing him coming in and without a doubt we've, we've, we've improved um, across the across the park I think you know we, we touched on Bassi I never really contributed at that, uh, but Barisic sorry never really contributed um, at that point but uh, you know I like Borna he's done great for us but I do have a bit of a worry with him being our number one left back but other uh, like for the full season David Paul's spot on about um, where, it, where it lives for Borna where the issue is it's, it's up here and when he's when he's on that game he's great but for me we've improved in every other um, every other area um, really um, the ones that we've brought in and Tillman for me is is one that I'm I'm looking forward to but it's a strange one to say because I'm basing it purely on YouTube so um, the, the, whole, the whole YouTube kind of come back to bite you in the arse later on but I am I'm looking forward to seeing him hopefully hopefully get to see him on Saturday do you think? I reckon there'll be minutes from him on Saturday but I think I find the team that finished uh, started the second half um, against West I think hopefully what Gio will be planning on starting um, starting against Livingston. So I think if we do see that team either starting first or second half in Saturday against Tottenham, then I then we pretty much know what he's got to set up with. David Park, welcome back. Um, I was I was offended when you left us there with it Centurio, but um, Phil Yin will basically talk about how we we. We should have sold Calvin Bassey for another twenty odd million, but I talk about how we're now spending the money. So you alluded to it earlier on um, about what we do need to add when you were talking about this um, this left back FA Pesquitas. Um, I know you corrected me before. Um, <laughs> I'm terrible with my pronunciation. So this boy, Ridvan Yilmaz, apparently around the five million pound mark, twenty one year old left back. Is it? Is, so two questions for you, I suppose. Um, you happy to see this kind of signing who's going to be direct competition for Borna Barisic as opposed to a backup? And other than left-back, is there anywhere else you'd want to strengthen the squad? Well, as I mentioned earlier, you know what? I would like to see a, a, another additional striker. I'd like to see another option because I don't think we can rely on Kemar Roof. It's just not relying on a broken sword, so what I would ha- like to see uh, someone else in there. But in terms of left-back, you know, I think, as I said, uh, you know, Ben Davis has got almost 300 games in the Championship, uh, most of them for Preston, and 70 of those have been at left-back. So this this he has played at left-back. So it's he has played se- mostly central defence, 200-odd games, but 70 times he's played at left-back, so he knows what he's doing. So he may be, uh, you know, available for cover, but I think the the boy from Besiktas certainly looks a prospect because he broke into their team a couple of seasons ago. You know, had a wee run in the team, and then last season played almost every game. He's a uh, he's quoted as you know about you know five six million pound player. So uh, 
I think he looks a good prospect. And and what has been good about our signing so far, it has been a kind of mixture of youth and experience. You know, we've got 20-year-olds, we've got Tom Lawrence at 28, so there is a kind of blend there. Not all of them will, will work. I mean, it would be a miracle. It, it would be brilliant if they did, but they're not all going to work. <clears throat> but certainly uh, it would be... I, I wouldn't want to go a full season of Lang and Borna not to uh, hit the buffers at, at some point because the, the, when we find that out, you know, we need a replacement. I would like to see, I would like to see competition all over the pitch for, for, for starting positions. So the, the way we are at the moment, I think Borna is a shoe in, you know, he's probably the first name in the team sheet because there's no, there's no question there, but I would want there to be a question. And, uh, and if that means moving out, you know, some of the surplus requirements, you know, to, to free up a salary to get the boy from Turkey in, then I would I would be uh, pushing the boat out to make that happen. If it were me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sorry David. about my internet connection. Electricity is a new thing in, in West Lothian, so we're we're just kinda getting our head around it. No, it's all right. It's all right. You'll have channel five soon enough as well, mm-hmm. then you'll be. Um David Tomlinson, um a couple of people have mentioned over the last couple of weeks about who we do need to try and get shot of. Um, I do feel we need another striker. Um, I like I like a season where we've got four strikers who can realistically chip in with goals. I always hark on about that that treble winning team in 2003 where you had Kinija, Avaladze, Moles, Lovencrans, Thompson all getting uh, above nine goals uh, throughout the season. That was five strikers there. Um you know, I think you need, you can't rely on a, a sole goal scorer. You need everybody chip in. Um, right now, we've got Morelos, Kolach, Roof, and Sakala. I agree with David Park as much as I want to hang my hat on Roof. I don't think we can. The, the other question marks though in fashion Sakala. So mm-hmm. I don't know. He's, he, 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 he did have flashes last season where he got some a couple of goals against Motherwell. He did come off and make an impact um, off the bench a few times. Is he somebody who who we need to ship ship out to try and get another striker in? What's your thoughts? Well, I was actually for him up till quite recently. In fact, in fact, two weeks ago I was sort of a fight, but I, I watched him uh, against West Ham, and I really thought. Hmm, you really don't look the same class as a Matondo or, or, or Lawrence or uh, or Cholak. You don't look in the same the same boat really. So I mean, he didn't he didn't really come away. Whether he get half an hour or something, and possibly that's part of the problem that he's only getting half an hour. He's only he's not really getting a, a, a full run in the team. Although any time he started, he hasn't really set the grass on fire either. So he seems to do his best work when he just comes on as a sort of a last half hour uh, player. But um, do we need to get rid of him? Well, if you can get better in, then obviously yeah. And but what, was Matondo brought in to better him? That's uh, that's uh, the thing. Um, I don't know whether he ever will be a, a full out striker. I don't think so because I don't think he's. I mean, if you look at the, the the work Cholak does, he does the, the work as well. But Cholak's a wee bit more intelligent than uh, than uh, Chikisakawa is. Uh, no, definitely, he's 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 work great. It's, it's probably just as as good, but yeah, just intelligence that makes a difference. And you, when when you're intelligent like that, you don't need to run as much as because you know where to run and. 
Sakala seems to run everywhere except where, where, where he's actually needed. And that's that's part of his problem. Uh, somebody said, uh, I was reading somebody, somebody said he looks a bit like Ted McMinn. And uh, no, that's just, I don't think he knows what his feet are. That was Ted McMinn. He didn't know what his own feet were doing. And I think that's the same with Makala. At times, he doesn't just doesn't know himself what he's going to do. So, but um, although I think it was it was unfortunate on on uh, Tuesday night when he tried to put the ball over to Kent to and it just get cut out at the last second. I really think that was unfortunate. It was a really good move by Sakala and Matondo before Matondo before that. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not. I think I don't think you'll really know until he gets a run in the team, and whether he'll ever get a run in the team—that's that's the point. But obviously, if he can get somebody else in, then uh, then he, then he would need to go. But the first name to go in, in the list has got to be Simpson, doesn't it? I mean, we're just paying him a wage for nothing. He's just sitting uh, sitting in his backside tra- training and sitting in his backside for the rest of the time. The problem with Simpson is uh, he's got another, I think it's another two years at least on his contact, and he's yeah, only young boy. He's mid 20s, um, and obviously he's, he's not an old old guy. But in terms of if you think uh, the type of move we, we made for him, um, he's no a 19, 20. 20 year old who's maybe got to develop in three, four years. I think he's pretty much got in near his peak in the next two years, or he should be for a certain half. Um, Chris, I'll come to you really along the same line. So we'll talk about Sakala and um, Jack Simpson there. Is there any others that we need to be trying to get ready um, urgently? No, I mean, I obviously with Simpson, but the, the issue that you've got there is nobody's going to want him. Um, at all, you, you'd imagine they're not going to get a fee for Simpson, so um, I'd imagine he'll be quite happy with his contract until twenty twenty five or whenever it is that um, that expires. But um, Sakala is, is one of those ones, you know, another likable character. Um, obviously, loves playing for the club, um, but but for me, just doesn't have that ability um, that, that, that we need. Um, and I think the fact that we're obviously you know talking about the need for uh, additional strikers, it probably doesn't come into your head as thinking. You know, give them a run in the team. Um, I think as well. I mean, the most games play in Scotland, it probably doesn't actually suit his style um, of of getting in behind um, and and using his pace. And then when you get games in Europe um, that he can do that, he's like constantly offside or making the wrong moves. I think you you regularly see Tavernier um, and other players who are used to kind of putting balls into you know players who have made good runs, getting frustrated with Sakala. So. For me, I don't. I can't see Sakala ever really making a grade at, at Rangers. If an offer comes in for him, I think we would be looking to take it. But certainly, we need another. Um, we need another other other striker. I think. Um, obviously, we've got Roof, who I love. By the way, I absolutely love Kamal Roof. I think if he was a bit fitter um, getting into that Europa League final, it could have been very different. Um, unbelievable ability, Kamal Roof. Eye for goal, excellent. Um, but it's just the unreliable nature of his injuries um, and, and his, his fitness. So I I think it's it's an area that, that I'd like you bring in. In terms of uh, getting rid of anybody else, I'm, I'm not sure. I've not actually really thought about it. I'm still so for Bassey going, so ideally try and keep everybody. Um, I'd love to sign Morelos on a new deal. I would hate to lose him for... I would hate to lose him for nothing at the end of the season. Uh, as we know, a firing Alfredo Morelos... Oh, I think Chris is um, 
I think it's absolutely crucial that we uh, get another striker in because Gio uh, has to be ruthless here. Holanda, Roof, Sakala, Simpson, all of them could be packed into a car <laughs> and uh, just and found another club because uh, we need to be freeing up that money for people who who will who are going to contribute, add some value. Fashion, you know, who doesn't like Fashion Sakala? He's an absolute lovable character. But what's he actually contributing? So, and that's the t- the acid test for any player at Ibrooks. So, you know, love you to bits, fashion, but we we need to be moving you on. Do do come back anytime. So, the, one of the other concerns I have is that you know we've now made we're now on what six seven signings. You know, where uh, I think the Turkish guy may make it eight. The danger the. the Concern I have here is that we're going to cut off the route for some of these younger boys. You know, Leon King is a central defender. Uh, Lowry in midfield, Charlie McCann in midfield. You know, we've got Stephen Davis, and I just wonder how many t- touches Stephen Davis is going to uh, have this season in terms of, you know, his options for midfield, you know, because we've got so many players coming in here. We've got options all over the park. Some of the fringe players, I think Gio just has to drop us to the shortlist and ask Ross to do his job and, and see if he can find these guys another club, because uh, we're Jack Simpson. He's you no, know, he will be. Uh, he'd be as well sitting up beside me in the club deck because that he will not be uh, making the first eleven unless there's an absolute catastrophe. So that that's hopefully what, what Gio and, and Ross will be working on. We should free up a, a salary for the from the a left back, free up a salary for another striker just by moving people on who who will no chance of actually seeing first-team football this season. Aye. Nah, I think in the young players, um, it's, I think we've all said the same. Um, we, we, we need them to be getting minutes uh, for the long-term kind of planning in the club, but at the same time, they need to be good enough. And I think this group of players that we're talking about, they are good enough. Um, and I think it's it's trying to be a very fine line to try and balance this um, in terms of making sure that we're successful on the pitch, but we're, we're allowing these players to come in and settle and show off their talents. Because I think these three or four who we're going to be talking about this season, they are there on on merit. Um, they're, the, they're obviously the standouts for the academy, so we just need to make sure that they get a chance. Yeah, there's, I mean, the guys at the, the academy have to... The boys who are there and the boys who are on the on the fringe have to see a route to the first team. Other than that, their, their agents will say, you know, you, you're not going to play for Rangers here. So they have to believe that they will play for Rangers. We have to make sure that these guys get, get some game time for them to prove their worth. Alex Lowry is potentially the next bassy for me because, you know, that boy's got its ability in spades. He's got the swagger and, uh, you know, there's... There's a potential that the potential of that boy is massive, but if he doesn't actually get on the park, we'll never find out. So it's, it's absolutely crucial that we uh, we've, we've managed the, the first team and the, and the rotation of players to make sure that these boys get the the, the opportunity to show what they can do. We have, of course, still got a month to get rid of players. I mean, I think Gio's just looking at everybody just now. I, I quite expect if we keep bringing in centre halves, I quite expect Cattage to go, but it'll break my heart when he does go. But uh, I, I quite expect him to go. Um, Hellander, what do you do with him? I think he'll. I, I doubt he'll be playing much of a part this this season, because, just because of injuries alone. 
Um, so, I mean, what do you do with him? Obviously, if he's injured, he's going to just play out his contract anyway. At the end of the next season, his contract's up. But um, God knows how they gave the Simpson such a long contract to, to, to 25. I mean, that was five-year contract, wasn't it? Yeah, that must have knew he was going to be leaving at that point when they signed him. And he thought, ah, fuck it. Daily one. <laughs> um, Mm-hmm. Uh, I think yeah, that's a really good bit of rationale you've given there, David T. Um, you're not not always the voice of reason, but you, I think you're spot on. There is over a month, uh, made the transfer window and John McMurdo and the comments has just said the exact same. Um, that'll be that, that'll be the chance to start sounding down the squad, um, get ready to dead wood, so that you've got a chance. Um, yeah, I mean it's never going to be a popularity contest, is it? I mean, you know. We all love Fashion Sakala, therefore he must be in the first team. They have to be uh, absolutely brutal. It's it's about it's all about the, the the players on the pitch delivering, you know, delivering results. It's it's you know here's the old cliche: it's the results driven business. If you're not doing it, you're not in the team. So uh, I love you, Fashion. You're a great guy, but beat it. Same with Katic. You know, we we love you to bits, but uh, go away. You know, so we have to be. Uh, Brutal with some of these guys, they still let them know. Rangers have to think long term. Who's who's the best value? Who's who's who is going to stay? Sound fashion Sakala is never going to be a Ranger centre forward. It's there it is in a yeah. nutshell. So no, I think we're all in agreement there then. Um fashion has been a buzz, but you can go, your song can stay. Um the very last thing we'll touch on the night boys, um it's uh, I'll just we'll not spend too much time talking about the rags or the um, the evils that be that is the, the Scottish media. But Chris, um, welcome back. By the way, hell is frozen over. The BBC has apologised to Rangers. I think if that can happen, Rangers can win the Champions League this year. Aye, no, I know. Um, it was a strange one that it felt a wee bit out of the blue. Um, and I apologies about my internet. I was relegated to the kitchen earlier. It's not the best signal in there. So I've uh, reclaimed my living room um, for, for the last five minutes or so. Um, I, the, that was a strange one. I felt that like was probably never going to um, get itself sorted. But I don't know if it maybe had something to do with, it's probably been a long-term thing, but Michael Beale obviously done an interview um, recently about the impact of um, I get the impact of the, the media relationship and how that was on the players um, and how that maybe have negatively impacted. I don't know if he was talking about BBC specifically, um, but certainly he was sort of feeling that impact of the profile um, of, of the players. So potentially, you know, it's, it could end up a, a good thing. I mean, I'm, I'm not too um, bothered anyway because I don't really listen to BBC Sports Sound or anything. Certainly don't watch sports scene, although we feature on it. Um, it doesn't really bother me. But I, it's, um, I suppose it's, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how long that lasts because I suppose the reasons why um, that, that it changed the last time might pop its head back up again in terms of the reporting. But we'll, we'll see what, what happens. I'm not really too bothered about them back in personally. Um, and Aye, we'll, we'll see. It was a bit of a surprise for me, though. I thought that was a relationship that was uh, long, long-term long damage. David Bollock, Olive uh, Thunders just put that comment in there. Um, and he must have been listening to you before the before we started recording. The BBC and the Daily Rebel, they need us. They, we don't really need them. Um, it's, it's neither if it's 
to me either way, um, if the, the BBC are paying again or whatever. Um, I think we've went long enough uh, with Footnum, so I don't know. It's what, what do Rangers get for it, um, other than the, this wee victory? Um, we don't. I think the point I'm trying to make is uh, Rangers have shown we don't need to bend their backwards for them. Absolutely not. I mean, what did what did the BBC contribute to to Rangers? You know, nothing at all. All they do is that every opportunity put the boot into us. We've got we've got very few friends within the BBC, you know, and it's not even you know all we would want is impartiality, and we just can't we don't even get that. So I wouldn't be uh, rushing back to the BBC. There's they, it's we've lasted all this time without them. What do they contribute? Ah, gosh. As as we said at the time, answers in a postcard. What do, what do Rangers get from the BBC? They can they need us. We don't need them. So I would. If they're going to come back, you know, they're a public broadcaster, you know, and come in and cover the games. But as Chris says, you know, the, I, I I, don't do sports sound and, you know, and I will occasionally watch sports scene, but it's, it'll be on for the Rangers game and then it's off. I don't really listen to the, the you know, the Michael Stewart's of the world, you know, because I know what he's going to say. It's just most of it's aren't nonsense. So I just uh, don't listen to it. That's, we don't listen I think, um, you know, certainly that comment there about Rangers have their, their own media, the fans' media, um, is, is absolutely spot on. I think for, for mainstream media, just generally the, the clock is, is ticking on a lot of that stuff. Not a lot of people um, subscribe to these things. You know, a lot of stuff's behind paywalls. Maybe not for, for the BBC or they would need to pay a TV licence. That's another debate. Um, but, the, you know, we... we not a lot of people are buying papers anymore. Not a lot of people probably, you know, are tuning into these things. You know, you've mentioned um, somebody there, uh, David Pock, um, who I'll not even mention the kind of game there thing, but uh, he gets a lot of airtime through being controversial um, about, about things about Rangers. But for me, he's just best ignored. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, these people are. And if we focus on our own, um, our own media, our own fans' media, um, which is great, you know that the, the fans' media is, is brilliant. Rangers TV could probably be doing with you know an improvement. Aye, but certainly the fans' media and options that are out there are, are unbelievable for the price you can get them at. Um, so I think that the clock is definitely ticking for for mainstream media. So it's no surprise to me that they're obviously desperate to get back into Ibrox um, and and cover again. But certainly, if I was Stuart Robertson or other people that's that's dealing with that. Um, I would be keeping an eye out for, for that, you know, going the other way very quickly and dealing with it as sharply as we did before. I don't think, I don't, sorry, I don't think the big money's in selling papers anymore, though. The, the big money's in getting clicks and on, on the internet. That, that, that brings in more money, I think, than the papers. I don't think they're that bothered about them. I mean, obviously, they want to sell some papers, but as I say, the, the big money now is in, in getting clicks on the internet and uh, you, you, you see some of the the astonishing headlines that, that get you, they just get you there to, to click on. And uh, I mean, that's what it's all about. If you, these YouTubers, if you see what they make, the fortunes they make just from uh, from from being on making a YouTube film that, that goes viral, they make they make some amount of money. And uh, no, I, I think that's where the money is. And I say, I don't think the the, the, the papers are that bothered about the, the real. Selling, selling paper uh, issues. I think it's all internet now, and it'll probably go that way even further. They'll probably end up in the future not not having any newspapers at all. We'll all, all, all on internet. Hundred percent, but it goes to that old thing: don't click it, don't buy it. You know what I mean? Don't share it, um, don't retweet 
people who are clearly just doing it for, for, for that reaction. I mean, even um, the apology that was put out by that person was absolutely ridiculous. So I don't click it, don't don't share it, don't buy it is, is, is the best motto. Um, but no, you're spot on. The, the, the newspaper world is dying. Um, and it's all now, for me anyway, it's all just this sensationalist stuff just to try and get you to click it. It's never very accurate. You don't really hear too much about analytical stuff about the football tactics. It's all sensational stuff. So I best ignored for me. Just one last comment I wanted to pick up on there before I wrap up because I think it is really important this conversation. I think the whole uh, the landscape of the media and how things are covered in Scotland in general, which is no away for football. Um, you could talk for hours on this, but Chick Sharp's made a really good point that he doesn't think Rangers fans media are such a great thing. They they have been used against Club 1872 to rubbish them, so there has been certain parts of fan media, but I think the real important thing is that everybody's got the option of what you listen to and what you don't, and you make your own mind up about it. Um, and I think for too long in Scotland, we, for, well, not just Scotland, for years, the pa- if it was in the papers, it was gospel. We know that's not true yet, but now we've got so many options and um, it's a great thing but the responsibility is that you need to like you need to decide what you're going to listen to and what you're going to put up with i mean like there'll be a lot of people who find that we absolutely spend a lot of shite fair dues you know like my my views in Holland have been the greatest thing to ever come out of europe um, i'll stand by it people might not like it but that's all right it's okay to disagree with folks i think as long as you can I don't know, you can try and be balanced about it. Um, but the big thing there is, well, littered with choice. So we, we don't need to use the BBC. As Chris said, don't click or don't buy. You don't need to listen to us. You've got, fucking, I'll be here all night listening to Rangers, um, all the Rangers fan media contents. They're all great, but you've got your choice. Um, so just I think Chris made, a good, Colin, Chris made a good point earlier, do you know, about that it's not about uh, just reporting facts in Rangers anymore. In their in their bid to stay relevant, they they they've strayed towards more controversial and more controversial to the point where they just make it up, or, or they'll just embroider you know something which is completely fantastic, but it get, catches people's attention when when they know it's utter shite. So they've been the, the the architects of their own demise when when the quality of of the journalism that you get from most of these guys is 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 dross. So. I mean, I wouldn't be uh, welcoming welcoming those guys back to Ibrox anytime soon. You you pretty much know there's a like a narrative there. You would you would be scared to say anything to them because you know it's they will they will just put a spin on it that, that makes them controversial and and gets them a few clicks. It's uh, just not not worth it for me. It's it's not about football information. It's just about you know I'm making up information. It's been st- I think we I think I think the best. The, the best example of eh, eh, that wasn't the BBC, but it was the, the absolute witch hunt by the, the Daily Record against Heart and Hand and how they, they tried to, you know, put these boys, because they were uh, an official Rangers partner, you know, they tried to find a couple of old tweets, which, which obviously weren't the right in terms of the tweets at 100%. But when Rangers fans then found tweets of the journalists that they had put up that were actually horrific, some of them, um, and lots of them, by the way, they, they just went into hiding and, and nothing happened. So, you know, they, they weren't ready to hold themselves to the same standards as they were holding the heart and hand boys to it. And that's when, you know, the game was a bogey. So for me, either the, the BBC have, have, you know, blatantly just 
edited videos Alan McCoy's talking in the past when he was Rangers manager to make it look and sound like he was saying something different um, and I get that time potentially has healed and it's been sorted um, but I, I know uh, Brainer for me and should be getting anywhere near the club is a daily record after the way that they went after those guys and obviously never had the same they never, they never dealt with other people you know who done the same things at all they just ignored it and ignored it and now it's, it's went away so aye, it's, it's an interesting topic though I think it's something that, that's worth discussing because it is very um, as, David, as David Pollock says that they just make things up when it doesn't suit do you know what I mean and they'll try and um, as I said they'll try and kind of hold people to a higher standard and I think obviously Hart and Hand being the official Rangers media partner last year got them riled to the point where, where they'd done that but how they did not know they checked their old tweets before they done that in terms of their own team, no idea. But aye, fan media for me is by far the best way forward with a, a shadow of a doubt. And we're, we're lucky in, in the fact that we do have good options out there, as you said, Colin. The thing is, they're telling you what you want to hear. Now, they don't, they don't tell you the, 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 the full truth. They tell you what you want to hear. And the likes of they've, they've broken up now that, that, that you've got in the Daily Record, you've got usages of the back page was football. Now you've got the Rangers section, you've got the Celtic section. Now the Celtic section is so, solely for Rangers, uh, Celtic supporters and the Rangers section is also for Celtic supporters. So I don't know where we fit in there. It's uh, it's just the uh, Celtic, it doesn't matter. And they do with Rangers are always on top of it anyway. They talk more about our club than they do about their own, I think. I know, but I think it's compromise for me in terms of partiality because they they, they do peddle you know their, their narrative from time to time and you can you kind of get the the genie back in the bottle. We now know what they are, so the, their credibility is just completely shot for me. It's just I just don't no credibility for me. So, so I think that's as good as time as any boys uh, to. To, to wrap up, that's a, it's been a quick hour and ten minutes. Um, just before I ask you to say goodbye to the listeners, I want to thank everybody who's tuned in, who were the comments as always, everybody who's watching across um, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, whether you're getting this, and obviously to everybody listening after the fact. Um, just on the topic, I'm putting the, the link to the podcast. Um, you can get watch all the archives on YouTube, Spotify or, or Apple um, through these links or if you do want to support the pod um, we buy us a coffee just to, this goes to just paying for the the, the licence for StreamYard stuff like that feel free to buy us a coffee but if not just come back next week and get involved in the in the chat so boys thanks very much for joining us in this late late Thursday night first of all Chris good to have you back on mate no, cheers, mate. I enjoyed it. Um, it was. Uh, I've just been, as you know, absolutely hectic with with work and family and other commitments. So um, it's been a it's been a while. Uh, I was hoping to go on last week um, and couldn't, but no, enjoyed it. Different we set up on the on this uh, sort of live link as well. Uh, but no, enjoyed it and good to good to see. He's looking forward to a good season, ways. And also as well, I just wanted to say I did predict around about February we'd get to the Europa League final. So that uh, is one thing I wanted to clarify with everybody that I did do that on one of the podcasts. I didn't actually think it was going to fucking happen right enough, but it, it did. Um, so I, I'll, I'll predict a season that will maybe get to, uh, nah, I don't know, maybe the last 16 of the Champions League. Stick with that one, I think. Uh, you're being conser- conservative this time with your predictions. Uh 
Always a pleasure, David Pollock. Um, good to have you back on after your wee two-minute hiatus with your internet problems. I sorry about the wee uh, break I had there, but uh, for me, I'm I'm excited. It's like uh, pre-Christmas here because we've made some really exciting signings and we we had the core of a good team. So I'm hoping that we're going to be pushing things on and uh, do some damage this season. I'm, I'm absolutely, as they say, super excited. And last but not least, uh, the man of reason tonight, David Tomlinson. Good to have you on, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to the game at the weekend and the big names coming up. Uh, a lot of big names that, that that costed probably one player probably cost more than our whole team put together. Uh, so looking forward to that. And it'll be interesting to see in the, the other games how... Uh, Matondo, Matondo, uh, the likes of Livingston, how they're going to handle him, whether whether he'll just get chopped off the off the park or whether whether he'll uh, get get a game, get be allowed to play uh, without getting injured too often. It's all uh, it's all good to see you in upcoming weeks, and it'll be looking forward to the the podcast to talk all about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I totally hear you there, mate. Looking forward to watching it all unfurl and then getting getting back on here to talk about it all. Thanks to everybody for watching. Thanks to you guys. And just remember, we are the people. Take care. Good night. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 